This is Fizz Free. In this episode, Claire leads on the emotive topic of guilt and shame. Feelings from our behaviours, actions or words during drinking days can linger for years, and that's only those we remember. What do we do with those past emotions? How do we process them and move forwards? Do you still carry guilt and shame now, or have you been able to channel that into positive energy? Has it made you who you are today and affected your relationship with alcohol now? We're interested in all of these things today. It's Ruth, Claire and Jane. Thanks for listening to Fizz Free. This is Claire. I wanted to talk about one of what I think is the hardest things to deal with when it comes to drinking and sobriety, really, um, which is guilt and shame. Um, and I think we we really struggle, well, I certainly really struggled with processing those emotions. So when I was drinking, I think I definitely felt those two emotions on a regular basis. And we know that those feelings can really come when we're hanging, for sure, and then for the few days after. And then I think for myself... I really got into a bit of a cycle of, well, I don't want to feel those feelings, so I'm going to drink again. And then inevitably that cycle would come. And I think the feelings of guilt and shame really come from from a few subjects, really. Um, The decisions that are made under the influence, my behaviour when I was under the influence, Things like the amount of money that I was spending, which in my view, I was kind of like taking from the from the family pot. So that was kind of how I wanted to open it, really, ladies. So we'll start with how we felt. And did you have any guilt and shame at the very start? So when you knew I've got a little bit of a problem here with alcohol. I'll put that over to Jane to start with. So I would say on this one, I would sort of feel it in two layers. There would be um, inactive drinking, so in the drink itself on the evening, thinking, oh, what am I doing? This is gross, for goodness sake. Just, what am I doing? And trying to ignore looks from other people, you know, that kind of um, head-in-the-sand approach, versus then the next morning, a whole other bigger colder deeper kind of a shame of what have I done why have I done this again and both of those sort of real-time emotions being enough to really bring you down and affect your entire view on yourself but you know once you've got sober you know several weeks or whatever down the line or months down the line you can still hold on to those sorts of negative feelings of shame perhaps of previous experiences or things that you've done in the past but here's the interesting thing When you look at parenting techniques, for example, they always say never use shame to help discipline your child. And and I'd read that and agree and think, of course, you don't want to go around shaming children. You know, that's not healthy. And yet we wouldn't think twice about perhaps speaking to yourself in quite a way like that and and dragging yourself over shame. You know, and there's something to be said in treating yourself the way you would perhaps treat a best friend or a family member you you wouldn't tell them yes you should be ashamed of yourself you would look to move forwards and process it and to not be beating yourself about it over and over again totally agree I think as we go further down the line you 
definitely got to be kind to yourself. Um, Ruth, how did you feel those, you know, when you were still drinking, how did you process those emotions? Did you have those emotions? I'm going to flip it on its head a little bit, actually, because I'm a firm believer, like people drink to and do lots of things to sort of shelter themselves from their emotions. And actually, we need emotions. They are often there to help us, to guide us, to give us a warning and to help us sort of see things clearly and shame is something that I experienced but looking back would I have got sober without it I think it was necessary it was needed and I used it to help me identify that there was a problem for me it was going on the school run I would walk out my door if I drank the night before and I'd feel this instant shame as soon as I stepped out into the fresh air in the cold light of day sun on my face and I would look around and think oh my gosh she knows I've drank the night before he knows I'm hanging that dad who I've just passed has looked at me and thought she's hungover how dare she come on this school run run hungover and that's how I felt and no one probably was looking at me I wouldn't stand close to people just in case they could smell alcohol on my breath and Looking back, I needed that. I needed to feel shameful and it was that fear and that shame and that guilt that actually forced me to want to change my ways. So, you know, it it may not be a bad thing if anybody's listening thinking, you know, I drink to get my shame away. Hold it in the daylight, own that shame and think, how can I stop myself feeling like that? I suppose it's how you use it isn't it what you do with it so what I'd ask you Claire is you know what sort of shame did you feel at that stage and do you still feel any shame when you perhaps look back I think that is just such a really good point I think I definitely use my shame and guilt to get me to to where I am now I don't think I realized I was doing it at the time but yes I did definitely feel those emotions at the time I think I felt them the most, I would say, as we know, alcohol stops you um, feeling, that's, you know, so six months in, I started feeling, six months into my sobriety, I started having feelings that I hadn't felt since probably in my 20s, um, in my early 20s, so I was getting really, really angry and frustrated things that I didn't need to get angry and frustrated about but equally what I realized soon after because at first I was just like oh what am I doing being sober I'm just getting angry and frustrated at, at everything and then I realized actually I'm feeling like joy that I hadn't felt for like such a long time so I wasn't just getting frustrated I was just feeling lots of feelings and at that point that's when I probably started thinking back to situations that had happened scenarios that had happened and it took me a while to sort of process those Um, do you know what was really interesting Claire I'll never forget a conversation we had with somebody who's close to both of us and they said to me nothing gets past Claire now And I think there'd been a discussion had about a situation 
And I think you used to sort of let it go and drink it away and just not sort of tackle the issue that that was presented to you. And this person said, she just notices everything and she's on it and she's not letting it go. She's like a dog with a bone. And I think that's right. What you're saying is you were sort of drinking your emotions away and then all of a sudden you had all these emotions to deal with and you were so, you know, I'm so proud of you for sort of not backing down and facing them wholeheartedly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was sort of questioning myself. I don't think questioning myself. I knew I was doing the right thing by not drinking, but you're just thinking, whoa. Like, I remember my daughter going through a phase where she was really having to, I was to teach her how to react to certain situations. So what I was explaining to her is if, like, you react over the top to every situation, I'm not going to know about the things that you really care about. So, you know, if it's something, like, have a look at the situation. I know she's only nine, but have a look at the situation. Does it really matter to you? If it does really matter to you, then explain that to me. But if it's if it's not really mattering to you, then you're going to have to like lower down the emotions of that. And I was I was teaching her how to do that. But I was also listening to my own words mm. um, at that time because my feelings were off the scale. And I think at that point, that was when I started to process the guilt and the shame. And I thought of a, the question that I was going to ask the two of you was, do you ever feel any guilt about being sober? I know that's a bit of a loaded question, um, but I'll go for Jane first. Zero. <clears throat> Absolutely zero. Just no, because if anything, I, I've been learning more to let go of guilt and shame still to do with the past. Um, but but been getting sober. No, what I've been focusing on is the forward movement. And what I try and do is very much look at any behavior I'm not happy with in the past or feelings from in the past as me being a different person that back then. Like just younger me, not a completely different person, but just that was me then. And this is me now, and it's forward motion all the way. And that's a concept that I find really helpful in, in terms of processing any time that you can be tempted to beat yourself up or go round and round in circles dwelling on the past. Um, so in answer to that, no. For me, zero. What about you, Ruth? Oh, my gosh, just no. No, my head is... As soon as, as soon as Claire asked me that, I was just like, absolutely not. Like... My life has been so much clearer and happier without alcohol. I have zero shame or guilt of being sober. If it was up to me, I'd be singing it from the rooftops. I'm just so proud of the lifestyle I lead and just so content with it that I I can't see why anybody would feel shamed. The reason that I asked that question is I spoke to somebody not so long ago and they, I think have got those feelings because they almost feel like I can't drink whatever normal is you know so I think some people still carry that and that's why I asked that question because I think it's really empowering for other people to hear that there should be absolutely no guilt or shame in being sober but I do think that there are people that either have um 
got sober now or somebody that still drinks and looks at that person and thinks, oh, it's a shame they can't drink. Oh, look what happened to them in the past. That means that they can't drink going forward. I have never, ever felt like that. I am very much of the same page as you guys. Um, but I do think it is a subject, and that's kind of why I wanted to speak about it today. I do think that there is almost like a bit of a taboo. Um, I know of people that don't even touch on sobriety when it come when I when I talk about it. You can almost feel, oh, let's not go down that route because what they could be thinking about is what's led to that. Yeah. And I think the only thing that could possibly in their eyes lead to that is the fact that there's been some bad experience in the past and that's why we are where we are. Do you know what I would um, say on that? I would say there's a difference in that that's self-consciousness. Yes, it's taken me a year to feel less self-conscious, for example, ordering a non-alcoholic drink in a bar or, you know, changing the subject if anybody were to perhaps question it. So I believe that definitely in early sobriety you can feel very very self-conscious and I understand your question better now that you've framed it like that you know yeah yeah you don't want to you might not want to be singing it from the rooftops because of the assumption that oh you had a problem but again the reason I'm all right with that is because I know that I didn't I know that the substance is a problem now and once I've made peace with that and I bang the drum about this so much because for me it was the golden wake-up call that actually it's not me then that's helped me process a lot of negative emotions is to be able to see the problem in liquid form and not as me. And my perception of it as well, if that person is really feeling shameful about being sober, isn't that just the reflection of how other people are making her or him feel? Because actually, if you ask somebody on their own, do you enjoy being sober and are you proud? I can almost guarantee they'd say yes. You put them in a room full of drinkers and they'd probably feel uneasy. They'd probably feel the odd one out and a bit in the spotlight. And they might actually get a bit worried and feel shamed because they're not supported when actually it it, it shouldn't be like that. So that goes quite nicely on to my next question, which... Um... Or if you didn't mind, ladies, I might answer this one first. But should we take responsibility um, for our previous behaviour? And I think this was this was my question that I was sort of asking myself at that sort of six month point when all those scenarios were going around in my head, and I kind of had to break it down really. So. I knew I was drinking to excess, which would then lead me to um, to behave a way that I wouldn't normally behave if I wasn't under the influence of alcohol. But I did it again. So it's very difficult to say, well, you know, you knew that that was going to happen. You knew that that was a potential going to happen if you drank again because it's happened previously so I kind of owned it I kind of said yes to a degree I've kind of owned it and said some of those instances you know I could have prevented I have to live with that I think I think the only way to process it is to live with it 
but I also think that there is a whole other, what I'd say, 70% of the problem, which is exactly what you're saying. It was the alcohol that is addictive that is the problem and not me. So I'll go back to that question, um, Jane, and just say, should we take responsibility for our actions whilst we're under the influence? I think we have to because it was us that did them. And if it was a child who'd done something wrong, you would make sure that that was understood and there were consequences and that, you know, you would move forward to correct that. So I think you kind of have to because it was you, you were there you were part of that but you know what what's jumped into my mind here and I don't think we know a huge amount about this but this features as quite a significant part of the Alcoholics Anonymous 12 steps doesn't it um you know I think step five is to admit uh, to ourselves that the exact nature of our wrongs point eight says make a list of persons we've harmed and become willing to make amends point nine says make direct amends where possible um, and 10 says continue to take a personal inventory of when we were wrong and admitted it and I think for me just loosely interpreting that because I don't have experience in AA but I, I think it's coming back to a phrase you mentioned earlier on Claire which is what you do with that emotion once you've got it how can you use it both of you talked about using shame as a tool to get to get sober you know how can you turn that shame into joy how can you gather it all up in your arms and turn it around and throw it into something proactive and productive for you and for future you yeah from my point of view I think what frustrates me about this is absolutely I take full responsibility I'm not going to sit here and blame anybody for any of the actions that I've done whilst I've been under the influence I think the thing that frustrates me is the lack of education around it I feel as a consumer I didn't have an informed choice over me drinking you don't go and buy a bottle of wine and it's got a bullet point list. If you drink this poison, it is going to lower your inhibitions. It's going to impair your judgment. It will make you more impulsive. It will make you lose control. And it's the way it's marketed, the way it's socially acceptable. I think that's where we're being failed as a consumer. And that's something that hopefully we will be addressing as a country. So yes, I take responsibility, but on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not an informed consumer or wasn't an informed consumer. So did I have that decision myself? I'm not quite so sure. That's a really interesting point, actually. Yeah, you from back then wasn't armed with this level of knowledge that you now have. So it's about Mm. learning lessons, isn't it? And then how to apply that going forwards I, I work in a job where the minute you've said something it's gone it's behind you and you can't take it back and I'm just such an advocate for that for just listen have a think move forwards move forwards because you could spend you could drive yourself absolutely mad going around in circles constantly beating yourself up if you don't then pick that up use it and, and see how you can change going forwards there's no good can come of constantly berating yourself over and over and over and I think you know one of the statistics that had a look on this and it said it was on vice.com 70 percent of people who got intoxicated to the point where they felt they were quote drunk regretted getting drunk 70 percent of people regretted getting drunk and that is such a whopping statistic could we apply that to anything else would we go up to somebody and say 
gosh, you've had two apples today instead of one. Do you regret that second apple? And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but we're informed, we are taught as a nation that apples are really good for you. It's one of your five a day. You need lots of vitamins and minerals and that is drummed into you. It's advertised no end. And yeah, it's all this secret. Well, we know alcohol's toxic and we know it's really bad for consumers, but we're not kind of going to promote that because we've got a really good marketing campaign and it's bringing in taxes and all that. But 70% of people regret getting drunk. It's just a scary statistic. And then the next night, do it again anyway. Because it's so addictive. No, and again, they don't advertise that. No, exactly. You've, you've made the point that I've, I've been saying for quite a bit Uh, Ruth that just I had no idea and I'm smart but I did not know it was that harmful as you said knowledge is power right and I didn't have all that much knowledge I think it just goes back to our childhoods really whereby I mean you know my mum and dad didn't drink a lot but we spent some time in like social clubs and and alcohol was around and you know it was just so accepted our parents were really good parents. They weren't not responsible and they, yeah. they drank, you know, they didn't drink loads. But again, they weren't educated. They grew up in a time when you could smoke inside and cigarettes were seen as okay. You could smoke because there was no danger to it, really. They weren't educated on it. And look how much that's changed. So for them to put us in... um a situation where alcohol is free-flowing was just absolutely accepted and normal, wasn't it? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, it was that, you know, I just, I'll go back to um, an author that I, Craig Becker, that I, you know, his, his book really changed my complete perception. So I'll pull on him quite a lot, really. But he was talking about, you know, you've got these, you know, two giants that have taken a massive interest in you and seem to do absolutely anything for you. And they are telling, you know, they're their, you know, their word is God, really. And they're telling you that it's okay to do this when you get to a certain age. That's absolutely okay to do. But nobody goes, but don't drink too much of it because it's addictive and you could have X, Y, and Z happen to you and you could get yourself in this kind of situation and this situation. And I do, you know, it's a really difficult subject and I know it's quite a, a, a negative subject, but I do look back and think, would I have made that decision? Would that have happened in my life had I not have been under the influence? And one of the best things about being sober is having that complete trust and complete faith in yourself. Like, I honestly do trust myself and my judgment now more than... Because, A, life experience, I've been on the planet a a bit longer, and B, because I'm never in a situation where I'm not 100% on it and just going back to that conversation that you had before no you dog with a bone <laughs> yeah I, I, I have to stop it at some points I really have to stop it at some point so there will be some times and I can guarantee my husband will completely concur where I am that adamant that that situation was definitely you know 
my opinion was completely right on that situation because I'm completely clear and I am like he's like oh yeah whatever and I'm like no I need you to to agree with me <laughs> because I'm these are the reasons why and I have to that is definitely a flaw in my personality I have to kind of stop doing that but we laugh about it now but I'm grateful of that I am really really grateful of it have you ever been in a situation where you know your judgment was impaired you've made the wrong decision on an evening out you may have had an awkward conversation with somebody or put yourself into a dangerous situation have you honestly ever woken up and used alcohol as an excuse and phoned somebody and said look I'm really sorry I said that last night, but I'd had too much to drink. I have, yeah. Everybody has, surely. <laughs> and isn't that sad that we, we saw it as a get-out-of-jail-free card? It's like, well, I know I acted like an idiot, but it's all right, because that's not me. That that That's drunk Ruth, and she's to blame. I, I'm back to normal Ruth now, so I'm sorry. I, you know, it's her fault. Yeah, but the thing is, when you use an excuse like that, guess what? It's tolerated and totally accepted without a battle of an eyelid. There's two two situations now that really, really upset me now that I'm sober. One of them is people laughing about how much they drank the night before and how hungover they are and how rubbish they feel. And the other situation, which is something that I watched on a programme on telly the other night, this girl was completely intoxicated and somebody was taking advantage of her and both of those situations now I find very very difficult to process did I while I was drinking no I didn't I didn't I just thought it was not the taking advantage of the girl situation so much obviously but we all know we all know I know that that's happened to me for sure I know that you know I've, I've put myself in a position whereby I've probably you know wouldn't even touch that guy with a barge pole and yet I've spent time with them and I thought why why have I done that do you know what's horrible about that though Claire is I've been in that situation a couple of times where, you know, things have happened when I've been under the influence and things have got too far without consent. But I have been too scared to confront and tell someone because I thought they'd turn around and say, well, you kind of bought it on yourself. Look how drunk you were. And you can see now why, you know, these cases that are going to court and things like that, why it doesn't go any further as soon as you said she or he has had, you know, was was under the influence. Yeah, I think you're yeah. touching on a really important point there. So it's not just the shame and guilt of drinking, it's the decisions, the repercussions yeah. and the choices that are made and then the knock-on effect, which can sometimes, you know, repercussions can last a long time that tie in with a relatively short period of time where decisions were made under the influence of a highly addictive drug. I think that's a really valid point. It's not just that shame of drinking, it's then what came about from it, what domino effect and and how severe was that domino effect. And I think what's difficult in that situation is the fact that your memory can be so distorted and, you know, if you've drank that much that you have blacked out and, you know, there's sort of voids in the evening 
and you rely on other people's recollections of that evening to try and jigsaw piece the evening together and you're sure something's happened but you're not sure sure and you're like well I can't accuse that person of that because I've got a bit of a grey area there and I'm not sure he actually did that to me and that that's the scary thing is that if you actually went and did disclose something that you'd be like well I think this happened but I can't be sure it would just get washed away wouldn't it absolutely I am so grateful now that nobody can ever like I used to always remember I'd go uptown on a Saturday night and on a Sunday morning my sister would sit there and tell me all the things I'd done the next the day the night before I feel sick for you I know it was Horrible. Do you know what it though? I used to so get cross. Horrible. I used to find that irritating. They're like, why won't my brain just hold on to simple facts? Why can't it <laughs> just record stupid brain, stupid body? Yeah. I'd get like annoyed that my brain would let me down. I think just just so we've kind of covered, you know, how you feel about those emotions when we when we're still actively drinking and then when we start to become sober. And now we're where we're all where we are, which is, you know, got got some time under our belts. Do we ever think that that shame and guilt kind of ends? I'll put that to you first, Jane. It's a good question, isn't it? I think it can you can adjust to it, and I think it can perhaps lessen, and maybe you carry it easier as you go forward. And just as we said earlier, you can convert that into other emotions you know we started this conversation we were talking about this almost you know what does shame mean and you think of negative words like embarrassment be worthless powerless and you've mentioned across this conversation gradually through sobriety other words come in and fill that void like joy confidence capability trust and I think those things along with forward motion my best friend can can lead to being able to just let those things rest in the past. How about you, Ruth? Um, for me, it's about accepting where you've come from, but being extremely proud of where you are now. And those feelings I had, I feel I've processed them now. They are filed away. They've been dealt with. And there's no really need to revisit those files. They're done. I've moved on. I'm, I would say I'm a different person now so yeah I'm at I'm at peace with it it is what it is it's made me who I am today so you you live and learn and I think that's the key thing in life it doesn't matter how old you are every day you learn something new and it kind of builds your personality the older you get I completely agree I um kind of wanted to end it really on something that's like a comparison really so um a family member of mine that has never really drunk a lot when i first started my sobriety they were like i told you from the very start you know alcohol doesn't taste very nice anyway i don't know why you bothered with it but if i if i never have had those experiences and i hadn't gone through the good, the bad and the ugly with alcohol, then I would have never, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So I feel, rightly or wrongly, I feel like I know more 
and have learnt more because I've had those experiences than if I'd have never have had them in the first place because I think it just goes back to what you were saying from the start which is that shame and guilt kind of motivates you to be sober in the first place so if I'd have never have gone through all of those things all of those experiences all of those feelings as hard as they are I would never be where I am today so I think the hardest things in life are also the the things that you learn the most from and that's why I've processed them and I no longer carry that guilt with me and you know what Claire I'm going to take what you've said and raise it another level right let's put a bit of perspective on this because sometimes I think to myself oh my god I can't believe I went two and a half decades stuck right it took me two and a half decades going round and round and round before I got free but guess what I'm in my mid-40s what if I live till I'm 90? I did it. I've got all of those years ahead of me. And when I put it in perspective like that, that helps me a lot as well. You know, you tend to think your here and now is all that it is everything. And, you know, oh, you keep looking backwards. It took me this long. But actually, if I was only, in inverted commas, drinking for 25 years, I might have another 40 sober years ahead of me. And that, I'm smiling now. That really cheers me to think I've gifted myself future me that and to turn that attention around not looking backwards but again forwards motion would we be where we are today without that shame and guilt no i don't think i would to be honest and that's a horrible thing to admit because it just makes you reflect on a situation and and move forward and that's what we have to do as human beings we we have to sort of analyze our behavior and that's the only way you're going to make change happen I think what we need to reassure people is if you're sat here listening to this and feeling immensely guilty about something it might take you a while to process it and get over it and regain confidence and trust and respect from the people around you and the people that love you but by making these positive changes towards a sober life, I guarantee you that that respect and that love and that closeness will rebuild. There's a bridge that you can rebuild and people will respond when you're making positive changes to your life. You didn't know. You didn't have the tools and you just didn't know back then. I resent, you know, having to have gone through shame and guilt, as you were saying, Ruth, not having that knowledge. Like, I, I don't know if that if that got me where I am now I know that it hurt I know I shouldered it for so long and it was so heavy I don't know that I I see it in quite the same way um you know and it's okay to kind of get angry at that for for being stuck in that sort of a situation without that knowledge but um I suppose it plays a different role in everybody's lives and that's that's the interesting thing I think it's a really difficult subject I think it's a you know, it can be looked at as a as quite a negative subject, really. I think it's something that people, even in the sober community, really shy away from. I feel like people touch on it a little bit. So that's why I wanted us to have that conversation today. And I think the one thing that we can take away from it all is without it, we may not be where we are today. I like it. I like that's your take-home message, Claire. Ruth, do you have like a a final thought, one sentence, like recap on it for you? Become an informed consumer. Do your homework. 
and find out what alcohol truly does to you and then you can make a decision whether you want to drink again that's our research scientist speaking up (laughs) (laughs) from the laboratory (laughs) thank you (laughs) how about you jane yeah just the things i've been saying you know moving that way replacing all those negative words with those positive words and just being kind to yourself i wouldn't treat anybody else in the way that i've thought about myself in the past and i don't have time i'm so tired and busy i don't have time to keep going over and over those things i am more than happy to look forward to as we're saying hopefully 30 40 50 60 sober more years who knows and and that makes me happy Thanks for listening to Fizz Free from your hosts, Ruth, Claire and Jane. Find us online on Facebook, YouTube, on X and Instagram, as well as most major streaming platforms. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, the email is fizzfree0, the number zero, at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us and to give us a like and a share to spread the word. Changing your relationship with alcohol. Less fizz, more free.